gorgeous how are you ladies doing this morning i hope you're all doing wonderful i'm your host dr daff and you're listening to a feminine impression podcast today we have a special podcast where we're going to discuss how you can have a relationship with god how to talk with God, how to lean in into all of his promises, and how to have faith for the things that God has promised you before your life began. So I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. Now, the first question you may be asking yourself is, why? Why do I want a relationship with God? How is that something that's going to help me in my life? That's an important question. It's something that so many of us search for all of our lives. We go in and out of knowing that we need something more than what we have. Knowing that there are so many things that we want to achieve, things that we want to break free from, things that we want to have in life that we know are outside of our control but we don't know how to access that power. A large part of this comes from understanding. Understanding who God is and understanding why God created you. Without the understanding of who God is and the roadmap to build a relationship with him, you will never know yourself. You will never know why you were born, why you are here, what you are here to do, the things that have been given to you by God. The thing that all of us are searching for, how to be successful in our lives, how to get the most out of our experience here on earth. All of the answers to those questions are found within your relationship with God. Once you have a relationship with God, he will open the door to everything you've been waiting for. He will give you all the answers to the questions that you've had hidden in your heart and heal all of the places in your life that have been broken all the things that you've ran away from, the things that you never thought you could overcome, he will be there to change everything for you. And the first step to getting there is knowing who he is and how much he loves you. The truth is, in life, so many of us feel powerless. We feel like life is just kind of happening to us, that we're going through things that we have no control over. Maybe you want a certain job, and you feel like you just can't get there, or you want to get out of the environment that you live in, or you want a relationship, you want to get married, you want to have a child. There are so many things that you feel are out of your control. Maybe you have an addiction. Maybe you have some legal troubles that you can't seem to get yourself out of. Maybe you have an illness that you feel is hindering your life and stopping you from being able to have joy. We are all dealing with so many different things. And we feel like a lot of these things are outside of our control. And we try and we fail and we find all of these different avenues, different ways, different remedies, different paths to trying to fulfill the things that we want, trying to overcome the things that are holding us down. Yet there's only one way to actually break through, to actually receive, to have real power over your circumstances. And that is through a relationship with Christ. That is through understanding who God is, who Jesus is, how that impacts you. Not just looking at God as this theological thing or 
Christianity as this religion, but looking at the actual purpose, the relationship that's supposed to be there and the reason for it. Many people can know Jesus like they knew George Washington, the president, someone that you believe existed, you heard did all these great things, and you know as a historical figure, you know who they are, you know about them, but you don't know who they are personally. You don't have a relationship with them. You are not in communication. You are not in understanding. You are not in agreement with them. Having a relationship with God is more than just knowing who he is and what he did for other people. It's about knowing who he is to you and what he's doing and will do for you. So let's talk about this. So let's start with a question. How do you see God? Do you see him as a scary old man in the sky pointing his finger at you, always angry at you for things that you're doing? Do you see him as a genie who grants all of your wishes and your desires? As long as you're praying to him, he grants you the wishes that you have in your heart. Do you see God as someone who gives other people what they want, but seems to not know who you are, seems to ignore you? How you see God is going to greatly impact your relationship with God. God is a king. That is the most important thing for you to know because you understanding that concept changes how you approach him when you speak to him. He is a king of everything, the owner and the ruler of everything under heaven and in heaven. And many people struggle. They struggle to understand God as a concept, as a person, and understand the relationship that God wants to have with us. So that's really where you need to start. When you close your eyes, when you think about God, what image pops up in your mind? Do you see a warm, loving father who cares about you, who's craving your attention, who's craving a relationship with you, someone who's ready to help you, ready to fight for you? Because that is who he is. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and in love with you. So I proposed a question earlier. Why do we even need God? What's so special about having a relationship with God? What's so special about knowing Jesus and being a follower of Christ? What does it really do for our lives? Well, first, it's important for you to know that God is a creator of everything. He's a creator of the universe. He's a creator of you. He gave you life and created you in his image. That is so important for you to know that he created you to be like him. When something is created in the image of something else, it's made to function in the same way as the original. It's made to have the same dimensions, the same capabilities. Genesis 127 says that God created man in his own image, in his own likeness. He created us, male and female. Both men and women are created in the image of God. And the image is not about looks, it's about characteristics. And this is extremely important if you want to have power over your life. If you want to start being able to overcome all the things that are holding you down, You need to understand that you hold an incredible power inside of you, the power of God, if you are a child of God. Now, because all of us were created in the image of God, but we are not all 
children of God. We all seek to be God-like. We all want to be able to control our circumstances. We want to be able to make decisions. We want to even be able to predict how things are going to go in our lives. And a lot of us who aren't familiar with God or don't understand God look to all kinds of things to try to figure out who we are and how to have power. So we look to things like horoscopes, trying to figure out who we are, trying to figure out how we should be, trying to figure out what our life is going to entail. And unfortunately, some of us look to things like drugs and alcohol and substances of that nature because we're trying to escape this reality. We're trying to achieve something that maybe we can't achieve in our so-called natural way, our natural being. We feel like we have to kind of step outside of who we are and be bigger and grander and bolder and sexier and funner and calmer or whatever it is that you're seeking that you don't feel you naturally possess. We feel like we have to go outside of ourselves to be able to gain the things that we need to get certain things done. And some of us have just had a really hard life where we need something greater than ourselves to free us from pain. You know, pain is something that leads us to self-destruction, leads us to all kinds of different people and avenues that are going to hurt us eventually. But this pain is something that starts sometimes when you're very little or you pick up along the way of life. It gets in the way of us growing as people. It gets in the way of us being happy and getting the things that we want out of life. Whether you had a childhood where maybe there was abuse or neglect or rejection by your parents or your peers, or maybe rejection as an adult. Maybe you got a divorce or your partner cheated on you and you lost yourself. You lost that anchor, that thing to keep you going. Or maybe you grew up in poverty and you just never thought that there was more for you, or you experienced trauma and you're feeling scarred, you're feeling like something or someone is just holding you down. These are things that no one, no therapist, no self-help books, no amount of face masks or spa days or Birkin bags can fix. These are deep-rooted issues that have molded you as a person and that affect you no matter what you try to do to distract yourself. And on the other hand, some of us struggle with sin. Well, all of us struggle with sin, but some of us struggle to where we cannot overcome it. We cannot beat it. We cannot have victory over the things that are holding us down. We live a life where we're in rebellion to the person God created us to be. When God created you, my love, he had a vision for you. God is not taking your life day by day, moment by moment. He mapped out a life for you. And when you're living in rebellion against the woman that he created you to be, you will be miserable because your spirit is fighting. And we look to all these things that are sinful. We look to sex and porn and drugs and alcohol. We get jealous of other people. We can't stop cheating on our husbands. We suffer from things like perversion or hatred or strange sexual desires or unforgiveness of people that are close to us. We have all these different things that are holding us down, these sins, these sinful pleasures, things that no one knows about, and we can't stop. We are controlled by it. No matter how much we want to stop, it just continues because we don't have the power to overcome it. 
on our own. Well, I'm here to tell you, my love, that all of that can come to an end today. When God created you, he had a plan for your life, a vision for your life, and he still does. Even if you've gone away from the woman you're supposed to be, the plan is still in effect. God will reroute you back to his original purpose for you. His plans will always remain as long as you come to him. It is never too late and you have never gone too far. You are exactly where you need to be. His plan for you will never fail, my love. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you, okay, before, not while, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were here on this earth, my love, you were in God. He knew you. He knew what you were going to be, what he was going to create you to be, and how he was going to get his purpose fulfilled. He had no doubt about what your purpose was going to be. It's only a mystery to you. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So I want to take it back a little bit. So I'm going to give you just a little peek at God's plan for the world and God's plan for you, but I really need you to take the time on your own and read your Bible and get a deep understanding of this for yourself. Allow the Lord to be able to speak into your heart, into your life, and explain these things to you because you can learn all this stuff with God by reading your Bible. When God first created the universe and he created the heavens and the earth, he wanted to have a place where his children ruled and got the leadership, the government from heaven, to draw heaven's power to rule the earth. That was his original design. However, when the first people were here on earth, Adam and Eve, the Lord was able to have fellowship with them, to walk and talk with them in the cool of the day. God was there with them. They were able to have a direct connection with God. And he was able to help them, lead them, talk to them, be with them at all times because they were sinless. However, during that time, Satan was also on the earth because the enemy, Satan, and his demons, or fallen angels, had already been kicked out of heaven. A third of the angels were kicked out of heaven and they were here on this earth. And Satan allowed himself to get into the body of a snake and deceive Eve to eat the fruit that the Lord asked them not to eat. And from there, you kind of know what happens. Sin entered the world. When God placed Adam in the garden, he specifically told him not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because they would die. And that death wasn't a physical death, which was what the Satan tried to deceive them to think. It was a spiritual death. It was a separation a death of the relationship between God and people, the death of the authority and the dominion that humans were supposed to have over this world. At that very time, 
Adam gave his authority as the ruler of this earth to Satan. The reason why Satan was kicked out of heaven in the first place was because he wanted to be God. He wanted to be able to be the ruler. He wanted all of the power and the authority and the recognition and all of the things that God got in heaven, the praises. He wanted that. So when he saw that man was given that and he wasn't able to have it, he thought, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to take what I can. I'm going to have power to rule this earth if I can get the man to give it to me. And he also knew God. He knows God. So he knew that if sin entered into the world, God would have to punish man. And so in his eyes, he wins. And he had absolutely no power but used deception to be able to get Eve to eat the fruit and give it to Adam, who also ate the fruit. And once sin entered the world, God could no longer have his spirit dwell with man. So we lost that connection we used to have with heaven. We lost the power to be rulers over this earth. When God first formed man and woman, he wanted us to rule and have dominion and subdue the earth. This was our place. We were in power. And that power was taken away from us because we gave it to the devil. So this earth that we live in is not ruled by us. It is ruled by darkness. This is a kingdom of darkness. And once you follow the Bible, with time, God was able to redeem us from this sin, redeem us back to him, to be able to restore us back to the connection with heaven by sending his son, Jesus Christ, who is also God in the flesh as a human to die for us and to win us back through the death of Jesus, through sacrificing the son of God, sacrificing God, he was able to pay that debt and put the connection back, plug us back into the socket. And even better than before, we're able to have the Holy Spirit, which is also God, live inside of us who are Christians, who are followers of Christ. And with God living inside of us, we have authority and power over the works of the devil. And it is only Christians, it is only those who have accepted Christ, who are children of God, who have this power, who are able to overcome all the things that I mentioned earlier. So that's just sort of like a snapshot. It is much deeper than that. But that was the whole redemption plan. That was God redeeming you back to him after the fall. Now, I know we talk a lot about Jesus coming and dying for our sins, and that is extremely important. But there is a second element that many people are not aware of and do not understand. Not only did Jesus come to die and redeem us back to him and cover our sins, but he also came to bring us a government. He came to bring the government of heaven back to us for us to be able to be restored with heaven, to pull heaven's resources and make the invisible into visible, to partner with heaven and have authority here on earth. One of the major challenges that we have as people is not understanding the dynamics of heaven and earth. Many of us look at heaven as this place up in the galaxy where little baby angels float around and people are happy and eating chocolates and just having a great old time. But heaven is a country. Heaven is a real place. 
and God lives there. And God has set up a government there that directly influences what happens here on earth. The earth and the heavens are a little bit overlapped. And it's our responsibility to understand how to pull down those resources and bring the invisible, what we cannot see, but is absolutely happening around us into the visible. This is a spiritual world, my love. Every single thing that happens, happens first in the spirit. You are a spirit and you live in a body. However, just because you cannot see what is going on, like you can see a person like you or I, they are still happening. And once you strengthen your spiritual knowledge, you will be able to have confidence and almost be so connected that you can sense, feel, smell, touch, or even see into the spirit and understand that these things are extremely real and they impact every single thing that happens in our lives. And the only way that you'll get that is by having a relationship with God. So I just kind of want to give you a quick little preview of some of the things that you will get when you are a Christ follower, when you are born again, meaning you have given your life to God. And I want to make it very clear right now that just because you say you are a Christian, just because you confess that with your lips does not mean you are a Christian. What I mean by that is just because you go to church, just because you were baptized when you were eight years old, does not mean you are a Christian. You are only saved when you confess with your lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is a son of God, that he died for your sins and rose again, and he is a Lord of your life. And not only are you saying it, but in your heart, that is what you believe and that is what you live by. Then you are born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see it unless you are born again. Now, this is something that took me a very long time to understand because I was one of those people who was born and raised in the church and thought my entire life I had been a Christian, but I was not born again. I had never actually given my life to God. I said I was a Christian. I knew stuff. I did the right thing and that as much as I could, but I also did whatever I wanted to do. I did not judge my behaviors against what God would want me to do. I did not actually give my life to him and say, Lord, this is my life. You do what you want to do with it. I'm going to follow you. I trust you. I love you. And you are the Lord of my life, like a landlord. They're the ones that own the home, even though you live in it. You have to follow their rules. You have to pay them rent. You have to abide by their guidelines because it is their house, even though you live in it. So if Jesus is the Lord of your life, You are living in his house. Your life is not your own. He dictates what you do, how you act, how you treat people, the things that you think, all the places that you go. He's the one that dictates that. And you decide if you're going to follow it or not. You have free will. But he is the Lord and not you. That's the difference. So I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the benefits? What are some of the things that actually happen when you make that real life decision and everything shifts for you. You become a true Christ follower, a true disciple of Christ, not just someone who says they're a Christian. You are a Christian in God's eyes. If we ask God, is this person a Christian? He might say, absolutely not. I never knew you. 
And I don't want that to be you. I want you to understand so that you know what you're doing, you know what you're missing, and you know how to get it. It will open up your eyes and change your entire life once you get this right. The church doesn't talk about this. The church doesn't teach on this. These are things that only by the grace of God, if you are able to run into this information, you are able to actually thrive. So I'm so grateful that you're listening. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I want to talk to you about what you actually get. What are some of the benefits you get when you are born again? One thing that people loved about having Jesus here, having God here in the flesh as a person, was that he could change circumstances. That is one key point that I want you to recognize. When Jesus was around, if someone had a need, he could meet it immediately. Meaning if someone was blind, he could make them see. If someone was sick, he was able to heal them. If Someone couldn't catch fish and he was with them. He was able to have them cast their net in the water and have that net so full of fish, it could almost break. He changed circumstances on the spot. And that is something that he is still doing. He never changes. That is still available to you. When you are born again, you can enter the kingdom of God. You can see the kingdom of God. You have heaven's resources. You become an ambassador of heaven. You become heaven's property, God's responsibility. You have angels that protect you, and we'll talk about that more later, but you have guardian angels that are with you all the time, protecting and fighting for you. But the most important thing that you have is the spirit of God inside of you. People loved Jesus because he was able to do all these things. And we sometimes think, wow, wouldn't it be so cool to have seen Jesus and have been with him so he could do all these things for us? And that's exactly why he gave us the spirit of God. He gave us his spirit because he knew he wasn't going to be here, but for a few years. But that very thing that he was able to do while he was here, he is still doing because he now lives inside of you. If you are born again, God is inside of you. And so all of those things that he was doing, you can now do with the power of God inside of you. Remember, you are spirit. You are a spirit and you live in a body. You possess a soul, but you are spirit. You are not your physical body. When you die, your body goes back into the ground and you, the person, your spirit doesn't die. That's the most important thing for you to remember because we don't know all of the intricate details about what happens to us when we die. But one thing we do know is that we are not dead. Our flesh, our body is dead, but you, the person, the person are alive. And when you are a child of God, when you've accepted Christ, as your Lord, you know that your spirit will never die. You will have eternal life and you will be in heaven. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a virtual counseling service where you can schedule phone or video sessions. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. 
It is a worldwide service and can help you in areas such as depression, anxiety, anger, trauma, and other concerns. Everything that you share is confidential, professional, and affordable. You can check out their testimonials on their website daily. And note, this is not a crisis hotline. I want you to live a life where you're full of happiness and hope today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com feminine. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash feminine. So when we think about the Holy Trinity, understand that it is a tripart unit. We have God, the Father, who is in heaven. He stays in heaven. He is always located in heaven. We have God, the Son, who is Jesus Christ, who is God in flesh. And we have God, the Holy Spirit, which is a spirit of God, the power of God, the one who created the earth, the action behind the word, the action behind the command. And he was in Jesus fully and gave Jesus a power to do all of those miracles and healings and everything that Jesus did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was a human being just like you and I, although he was God. What made him so powerful was that he possessed the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit is now inside of us. So when you accept Christ and you get born again, the spirit inside you changes. You as a person, you change. You get the spirit of God. This is a supernatural phenomenon. It is not something I can explain. However, it is the most powerful thing a person can experience because you become born again. You become a new person, meaning the things that you think, the way that you behave, the things that you allow yourself to do, all of it shifts. And when you have God's spirit inside of you, then you are being transformed to eventually be more and more like Jesus. Jesus can live his life through you. All the things that he would have done, if he saw someone who was homeless and he would have given them money, his spirit is in you. You are then moved to give that person money and do what Jesus would have done. With happiness, with joy, you would do it because He's inside of you. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. The Lord will put his Holy Spirit inside of you. And that is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I will talk about later. But this is the most essential part of being a Christ follower. Most people who accept Christ and are born again, Stop at accepting Christ. Stop at being baptized by water. Stop at having eternal life, but never get the second element. Never get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the same as you being baptized in water by a pastor. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a second baptism. It is when God baptizes you. It is a supernatural phenomenon that the Lord decides when and who and how, but it is something that is available to every single Christ follower. And once you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, you receive an abundance of power, 
power to do so many things for yourself and for other people. Most people do not know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They do not know that God baptizes you. And it is something that is so precious, so special, and so necessary for your life. We'll talk about that more later, but I do want to discuss some of the things that come out of that. One of the most beautiful things about having the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being able to be in the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit transforms you from the inside out. He gives you gifts and he gives you fruit. And these are all the things that are going to allow you to fly and to have power in your life and power to help other people. So in terms of the fruits, and this is something I may do a whole series on if you want me to, then let me know on Instagram. But you get nine fruits. These are things that you get all at one time. Okay, it's not like you get them one here and one there. They slowly will develop over time, but you get them all at once. These are traits that are inside of you that start to grow and develop and become strong. When we talk about femininity and about womanhood, a lot of us have these things inside of us that we feel we can't achieve. Like maybe we just can't seem to be gentle or we just can't seem to show love to one another. We don't love people. We kind of resent people or we feel a lot of jealousy towards people or we feel like we don't ever finish anything. We don't have faithfulness in the things that we do. We don't have the self-control that we need to be able to not go over that guy's house knowing that he just wants to have sex with us or not talking to this guy that we know has a girlfriend and we know is married. We can't seem to stop this thing that's inside of us. And so with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the power of God is inside of you and is building these things inside of you so that you can be a new person. These are all supernatural gifts from God and they are love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what makes you a true Christian. People who are children of God, who've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, and who are walking with God, you will see these traits in them. You will recognize it. You should be able to see that there is something different about these people. They have this peace about them that surpasses all understanding. They are good to people. They are loving to people. They are patient. They are gentle. This is something that the Holy Spirit develops inside of you. In this culture in America, being a woman who's a boss babe, who's a go-getter, who doesn't let anyone tell her what to do, so many of us have been brainwashed to think that we're supposed to be hard. We're supposed to be masculine. We're supposed to have all this grit to us. And we don't really know how to be gentle or how to be warm. And we struggle. We may say, okay, this week I'm going to be like this. I'm going to do these things. And then we fail. That is because we don't have the power of God inside of us to create this fruit. It does take time and it does take prayer and it does take you truly tapping into the power inside of you. But eventually you will look back and say, wow, look at how I am now. Look at how much patience I have now. Look at how I'm able to be gentle, to control myself, to show love. Look at how much peace I have. It's just written all over my face. 
These are things that you'll start to notice as time goes on. And then the other wing on the other side, you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are the beautiful supernatural gifts that the Holy Spirit will give you. These are the things that I was talking about when I was referring to the miracles and the things that Jesus was doing here on earth. He had the Holy Spirit in full. There are gifts that God gives to his children. And these gifts only come again if you are born again, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive these beautiful gifts. Now, it's not to say that you will get every single gift. The Holy Spirit decides who to give what to, how much of it, and all of it is also determined by how much you use it. Because you may have gifts and you're not utilizing them. So you don't even know that you have them. And I can also do a series specifically on the gifts of the Holy Spirit because, again, Many of us have no idea about any of this stuff, and it's stopping us from having power in our lives. So these gifts are not for you. They're for other people. It is not for your enjoyment to just make money off of or to exploit people. It is for you to help people, to build up the body of Christ, to be able to show people Jesus. If you have God inside of you, you should be able to prove it. And that proof is through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the things that he can allow you to do that someone who does not have God inside of them would not be able to do. Unless, of course, we're tapping into other supernatural forces, which are satanic. <laughs> and so in that case, they may be able to try to do it, but they will never be able to do what God can do through you. Never. And if you want examples of that, you can read the book of Exodus. There are so many examples of people who are into witchcraft and all these different pagan rituals and sorcery who tried to do the same things that God was doing through people and eventually could not keep up, could not do it, could not explain it, could not surpass it because the power of God is greater than any power in this world. So what are these gifts? The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are a word of knowledge, the gift of faith, supernatural faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpreting tongues. And when I say tongues, I mean languages. Tongues is another word for languages. Those are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you have the fruits. And then you have the gifts. You know how sometimes you'll see people who are able to know something that's like, how could they have possibly known that? Well, God gave them a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Or God can use someone to create a miracle, to be able to do something that just could not be explained, could not be done by a human. And if you'd like more information about this, definitely read your Bible. And there are lots of wonderful books by Kenneth Hagen, who goes into detail about each gift. And you can learn in depth about each one of these manifestations, how to utilize them, how to operate in them, and how they can help other people in your life. Another gift that you get when you are a child of God, when you are in the kingdom of God, is the beautiful personal prayer language. That the Lord will allow you to have. Now, this is something that's commonly referred to as praying in tongues. When you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, one of the evidences is your ability to pray in tongues. 
It does not mean it's the only thing and it does not mean that you have to. It is your choice, but it is a beautiful, powerful gift from God. This is a whole topic within itself and I can do a podcast specifically on this, but this is also referred to as praying in the spirit. When you get the spirit of God, you get a new language. You get a language that you cannot understand and it is God speaking through you to God himself. It's God talking to God. You are yielding your body, so you're yielding your voice, but the words that are going to come out, you're not going to be able to understand. It is not scary. It is not weird. It's not creepy. It has been distorted, and that's unfortunate, but again, with everything, you have to go back to the source. You have to understand it on your own. Ask God to make it clear for you because there's nothing that comes from God that is scary, that is evil, that is hurtful or harmful to you. All of it is powerful. But again, we live in the kingdom of darkness. We live where the devil does not want us to know the truth. If you knew all the things that God wanted you to know, you'd be unstoppable. And that's why the devil will put things in your mind and throw things in the church and throw things in the world to make you doubt and to make you scared and to make you disgusted or disturbed and stop you from even getting to understand things for yourself. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue, in an unknown language, speaks not unto men, but unto God. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Again, when you're praying in your personal prayer language, it is your spirit. You're praying out of your spirit. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit are working together and praying the perfect will of your life to God. You don't always know what to pray. And that's why a lot of people don't pray because it's like, I don't even know what to say. Half the time you don't know what's good for you, what you should want. You have nothing to say. And it feels like a waste of time. It feels like a burden. It feels like a drag. When you are praying in the spirit, when you are praying in your personal prayer language where you cannot understand what you're saying, and to you, it just sounds like you're speaking gibberish. Nothing is making you speak. Nothing is forcing you to speak. You are just speaking and you're having faith, faith that whatever you are babbling, even though it sounds like you're just going, you know, you're just literally saying nothing in your mind. You may think, okay, this is stupid. I'm just making this up. Well, you're going to feel like you're making it up because nothing is going to be forcing you. The Holy Spirit is not going to force you to speak. He is going to wait for you to start doing what you do. And in that supernaturally, he is communicating with God directly. You are speaking directly to God. And it's important because one, you don't know what to pray all the time. It gets you to pray more often without feeling like this huge burden. And when you do this, you are stirring yourself up. You are building yourself up. You are going to feel like this power is inside of you. And not only are you feeling like that, but those gifts that I discussed earlier are going to be able to start being activated in your life. As a person who loves surprises and who loves God, I believe that praying in tongues is the most beautiful thing I've ever done because I'm praying mysteries. I'm saying things. I have no idea what I said. 
And it's okay because I know that I am praying the perfect will of God for my life and that God only wants wonderful things for me. And things that I may pray, I may be scared to pray if I knew what I was saying. I may not have the faith or the confidence to pray for some of the stuff I'm praying for. And those things are being prayed to God for my life. So again, it's something I can talk about more. If you want me to do a podcast specifically on this, please let me know when I can. But praying in the spirit, even if you're not praying in your prayer language, before you pray, asking the Holy Spirit to pray through you will be powerful. You'll be able to start praying for things. You're like, oh, all of a sudden you start praying for Jessica at work and you wouldn't have even thought to pray for Jessica at work. But for some reason, it's just like on your mind. And that is the spirit of God praying through you. Again, there are so many benefits to being in the kingdom of God. I mean, I cannot give you all of them at this short podcast. It's just too many. I'll give you two more. A peace. We talked about that. A peace that surpasses all understanding. Meaning that you are able to have peace in your life, even though everything may be going wrong. Where everyone else is stressed out, going crazy, you are able to have something in your spirit that just keeps you centered, where you know that you can cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. You don't have to take on your problems anymore. Your problems are heaven's problems. Heaven deals with it. That is freedom. And you get this freedom no matter how much you've sinned. Because when you are born again, when you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you have the remission of sins. That means that you've accepted Jesus dying for you and cleansing you from all of the sins that you've sinned and will sin. Yes, you still need to repent. You still need to change your thinking and change your behaviors and not choose to just sin whenever you feel like it. But unlike everyone else, when you sin, your sin will not lead to death. You will not be separated from God like Adam and Eve were in the beginning. That will never happen with you again. You will always be able to come back. He is always ready to forgive you. Your life is still going to be blessed and you will still go to heaven. And that is a huge, huge blessing. And the last point that I want to make which is extremely powerful, is that you will now have the ability to have power over Satan. People are very scared of the devil, and it's only because they don't understand their power in Christ. They are not born-again Christians. They don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them, and they don't understand their power because you can be born again and you can have the Holy Spirit and still not understand what you have and know how to use it. All these things I'm talking about, all these benefits I'm talking about, and the many that I'm not even mentioning, are all part of your salvation package. But just like some of you go to work every single day and have no idea the benefits that you have, many of you are citizens of the United States and you have no idea the benefits that you have. You only know what you need on a day-to-day. But if you knew all of the things that you could do, all the things that are inside of this benefit package, you would have more confidence. You'd be taking advantage of them. You'd be able to say, oh, no, 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 no. I have rights and these are what they are. But when you don't know, it's great for the person that wants to take advantage of you because you're powerless. You can only use these things once you know. So let's talk about this power that you have over Satan. In terms of having power over Satan, in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, behold, I give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, 
and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus also says, and these signs shall follow all who believe. And when we talk about the word signs, this is the same word that they use when Jesus was doing miracles. Signs point to something. When you're on the freeway and you see a sign that says Chick-fil-A next exit, it is pointing you to something. It is telling you about something. When Jesus says that these signs will follow you, these signs are pointing to heaven. The people in the time didn't use the word miracles to describe what Jesus was doing. They called them signs. They're signs that he's from somewhere else. So the Lord is saying, these signs shall follow all who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, the most powerful name ever, in the name of Jesus, they shall cast out devils. So you should be able to cast out devils if you are born again. They shall speak with new tongues, okay? Having a new language, brand new prayer language that you don't understand but God does. They shall take up serpents and they shall drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Meaning when you have the power of God inside of you, you should be able to do all these things. These are the signs that should follow you. The signs that you belong to God, the sign that you are not of this world, you are supernatural, you now have God in you, you are different and you are powerful. You can cast out a devil, you can heal someone who is sick, you can drink something that is deadly and it will not harm you. You should be able to do these things in the name of Jesus. It is not by your own strength. You are not able to do these things because you're so great, because you're so good. No one is great. No one is good. We are all sinners. God does not think anyone is better than anyone else. He is no respecter of persons and does not show favoritism. This is all for anyone who believes. That is why faith is the most important thing when you are having a relationship with God. People will ask me a lot, like, how did you attain all these things in life? And how did you get this? And how do you get all these questions? And I always say, I believe God. Everything God said in the Bible, I believe it. I'm not questioning it. I'm not fighting. I'm not arguing. I'm not concerned about all of the theology. I'm concerned about the relationship I have with God and how he uses me in my life. I believe what he said and I stand on that and I pray it back to him and I expect it. I don't read something and say, hmm, it says that I should be able to lay hands on someone and they shall recover in the name of Jesus. I don't think I can do that. I can't really imagine myself doing that. I say, oh really? Well, let's put this to work. Who's sick? Who can I heal in the name of Jesus? God, show me someone that needs healing and use me to heal them. And I go for it. I believe God. I believe him. There is no doubt. And that, my dear, is what you need to develop in your spirit if you want to be able to access all the things that God has given to you. Now, let's talk about how to have this relationship with God, how to actually get started for those of you who have never, ever taking the time to really get to know God and to love on him and have him as part of your everyday life. This is how you do it.
The first thing is to accept Christ as your personal savior. I'm going to have a prayer at the end of this podcast that you can pray if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, the Lord of your soul, your actions, your behavior. If God is not responsible for your life, if your life is in the hands of this world, then you need to reel it on in and go back to your father. So that's going to require you to repent. And repent doesn't mean that you are crying, asking God to forgive you. No, 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 no. Repenting means that you are changing your thinking, changing your mind, deciding that, you know what, (laughs) this life I used to live when I was stripping and doing all that stuff for money, I felt like I needed it. But now I change my mind. I realize that I don't need it. I realize that God gives me money. I want to live a righteous life. I want to live a life where I am full of joy, where I feel good about myself. I feel good about what I do. And God is proud of me. That's what I want. And I believe God. I believe he can give it to me. I don't believe that this is for me anymore. I am sorry I did it because I didn't know that it wasn't the right thing to do and I did it anyway. But now I've changed my mind. That is repenting. So if you haven't already, think about your life and think about the things that you have done or you're still doing that you know are against God's plan for your life. Now, for some of us, it might be extreme. You know, maybe we're doing drugs. We're popping pills every night. We're smoking weed every night. We're sleeping around. We're stealing. We're jealous. We're watching porn all the time or masturbating all the time. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's nothing like that. Maybe you're overeating all the time and your belly is your God. Maybe you are very doubtful of God, or you're very envious of other people. You don't want people to have things because you don't have what you want, or you're always gossiping about people. You can't seem to have the strength to walk away from conversations that you know are inappropriate. Maybe that's what you're struggling with. There is no big and small sin to God. He does not think that because you are gossiping, you are better than the person who's sleeping with married men. They are all the same in God's eyes. They are sin and he hates sin. He cannot deal with you until you come and you change. You say you don't want it. You're ready for help. You're ready to be different. Accepting Christ and repenting for your sins is the very first step. And without that, without accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and repenting from your past life, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot be saved. You cannot. There is no other way to God. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. All roads do not lead to heaven. All roads do not lead to God. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus, period. The second thing that I would urge you to do is to get a Bible. The things I'm telling you, honey, these are all things that I learned from reading my Bible and then seeking out different questions I had by different pastors that I felt I trusted. I liked their style. I liked their spirit. I was able to learn from them, but I didn't need them to teach me. Everything you need to know is in the Bible. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is literally with you as you are reading. And as you're reading, you ask him to speak to you, to help you, to understand and to make it real for you. It's not a book you're reading like a storybook. It's a book about you. It's teaching you who God is, 
what you have available to you, the promises that you can rely on and stand on, and how to live as a Christ follower. A lot of people will say, well, I don't know God's will. I don't know God's will for my life. Or I have this problem, but I don't know the answer. I feel like God's not talking to me. I can't hear God. All of the answers to every question you have is in the Bible. But maybe you'll need the Holy Spirit, who is your helper. He is your comforter. He is your counselor. He's here to help you to find those things and to impress it into your spirit so you know it's God. Finding a Bible is essential. Please do not rely on pastors and speakers and teachers to teach you everything. Some people say things that are actually wrong. And when I was reading my Bible, I was looking for certain things that certain pastors were saying that I didn't quite feel right about when they said it, even though it sounded really good. Something about it didn't sit well with me. And when I did my own Bible study, I didn't find it in the Bible. And that was a red flag for me to start being more mindful of who I listen to. With the Bible, there are different translations. I know some people have preferences. Get the one that you can understand that makes the most sense to you. I will link the Bible that I read, but I do have different translations. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think sometimes it's actually quite helpful to be able to see different words and see the different emphasis on different things. So get the Bible that works best with you. Just try to get a Bible. And if you cannot afford a Bible or you can't find a Bible, please send me an email and we'll see if there's something that I can do to help you with that because this is something that you absolutely need. You cannot have a relationship with God if you do not know him. The only way you can know him is if you read his word because he wrote it. The Holy Spirit used people to write his words to you. The third thing you can do is to make time every single day for God. Now, I know this is really hard sometimes because we feel like we don't have time or we just want to sleep or do whatever we want to do. And finding time for God just seems like so much. And it is. It's a sacrifice. You are deciding to make time for someone that you love. If you love God, you will want to spend time with him. You will want to talk to him. You will want to be in his presence. What you don't know is that when you are in the presence of God, when you are praying and singing and worshiping and reading, God is there with you. You can be healed in the presence of God. You can have an illness. And just by spending time with him, he can heal you right there on the spot, supernaturally. When you're in God's presence, you will know it. The atmosphere will change. You will be in your house or you will be in your car or wherever you are in your office and the atmosphere will shift because God will walk into the room with you and you will sense that there is this beautiful presence, this beautiful feeling that you are experiencing while you are spending time with him. He is alive. He is here. He is an active God. You are not speaking to a wall. You are talking to someone. So make time every single day. Find a special place. It can be a closet. Again, it can be in your car. At different points in my life, I've had to become very creative and figuring out where I can have this time. And there are times in my life where I could spend three hours and it was just pure bliss. And then I couldn't do that anymore. My life changed and I had to figure out how to still have this time. And maybe it won't be as long, but it needs to still be as powerful. 
And yes, there are times where you feel so disconnected, like you're so far away from God, you don't know what happened, you lost this connection you used to have, and it hurts. Because once you have God, you have this feeling that compares to nothing else. And once you lose that, you will always feel empty and you will be searching and searching for that specific feeling that you know can only be fulfilled by God. So what happens is some of us get really down and we feel like God doesn't love us, doesn't hear us, left us, but God never moves. We do. He never changes. We do. So you have to reestablish that relationship. Just like if you had a friend and all of a sudden you ghosted her, you stopped responding to her text messages, you stopped calling her, you just left. Yeah, I mean, when you want to talk to her again, it's going to feel a little funny. You're going to feel a little hesitant and you're going to have to do a little bit more to try to rebuild that connection. So find a special place. I would recommend doing it first thing in the morning when you wake up. Worship him. The Lord loves worship. The angels love worship. They need worship. Worship him. Pray and sing. You can make up songs. I got to the point where every song was just annoying me because I sang it so many times. I wasn't even feeling like I was really singing it. I just started making up songs, making up whatever came into my mind and singing it to God. And those were the most powerful songs because they were really coming from my heart. They were really coming from my spirit because it was on the fly. I was just talking and singing. I will also link some worship music below, like some instrumental anointed music that you can play while you're reading your Bible, while you're reading your Christian books or your Bible studies, and it will also invite the presence of God into the room with you. And while you're with God, while you're in his presence, prayer, that is essential. Again, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. When you pray in your prayer language and you're praying these things you don't understand, a lot of times God is directing your day. He's mapping out things that you need to do that day. You're able to avoid things that could even potentially save your life because you have this direction that you have no idea that you have that came straight from God. So pray. Make sure you're praying for other people. When you want to get close to God, you will realize that the more you pray for other people, the closer you will get to God. God loves when you pray for other people. Every day when you pray, the first prayer you should pray is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And that is the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer. Every day you are bringing the kingdom of heaven down onto earth. You are asking God to bring his kingdom down into your day. You want heaven's lifestyle, heaven's culture, heaven's influence, and heaven's power to infiltrate your day, your body, your household. When you pray, you're praying for forgiveness of your sins. You're praying that you can forgive other people for the sins that they've sinned against you. You must release during that time all the things that are hindering you. And pray with scriptures. You know, start writing down scriptures as you're reading them. Things that pop out to you. Things that feel like they're just for you. Write them down. Put it all in a notebook and start saying those things as you're praying back to God. Do not think that because you're crying and begging God, that prayer is effective. A lot of times when you pray, you need to be praying like an attorney. You need to be thanking God and coming with all humility, but also saying, this is what you said, Lord, 
and I believe that this is what you're going to do for me. And I thank you in advance for doing it for me. But outline, this is what you said and read his scripture back to him. God loves that. It's his word. You can also do prayer journaling where you are writing down your prayers. You're not speaking them, but you are praying in your head and you're writing them down. If that's what flows easier for you, then do that. Either way, you are spending time with God and that's what's important. Fourth thing you can do is to check in with God during the day. Check in with the kingdom. All day long, as you're doing things, you are talking to the Holy Spirit. When you're making decisions, you're saying, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Should I go here? What do you think? You don't just talk to God in the morning. If it was your man, your new man that you were dating, would you only text him good morning and then not talk to him again until you're about to go to sleep? No, you'd want there to be constant communication throughout the day. You'd be thinking about him. You'd be wondering about him. And that is what you do when you're in a relationship with someone. So when you have a relationship with God, you're listening to podcasts about God. These are going to build your faith. You're going to learn more. You're going to be more intrigued, more excited. You're going to want to be closer to him as you learn more about him. Listening to podcasts, listening to sermons, joining a church, which is so important. Joining a spirit-filled church, praying for the right church for you, a place where God is there. The Holy Spirit is not in every church. You want to be in a place where the Holy Spirit is there, where the Spirit of God is truly in the church. In those churches, with those people, they have power as a unit. And you want to be connected to people who also have real power. The fifth way to have a closer relationship with God is to tell people about Him. Tell people about the great things that He does for you. Don't be afraid of Him. Don't be ashamed of Him. Don't feel like you're making other people uncomfortable by talking about him. People are very bold about wanting to be respected and acknowledged for things that are plain evil, that are wicked, that are backwards. And we are told as a society that we have to accept it, acknowledge it, and approve of it. So you can talk about God. You can proclaim the Lord of your life, the one who takes care of you, the one who gives you everything you need, the one who loves you, the one who's there for you when no one else is there for you. You should not be ashamed to talk about him. Learn to be courageous. Learn to brag about God. If you had something wonderful happen in your life, give God the credit. Don't try to make it seem like it was all you. When you have a relationship with God, that shouldn't even feel good to you. It shouldn't even feel right for you to take credit for God's doing. Not to say that you have to constantly overwhelm people with God. No. But what it means is that when God gets the credit, he gets the credit. When you've worked really hard to get a new position and you're looking for a job and you finally get it, you say, thank God I was able to get this job. I worked really hard to get it and I'm just so grateful for it. Point people back to God. Remember him when it matters. Don't just pray and pray and pray and ask for all these things. And then when God grants it to you, you forget about him. Talk about him and it will increase other people's faith. People will respect you for talking about God because so many people are embarrassed, ashamed, scared, and they admire a person who does not fear. And what do you think God thinks about the person who is bold about talking about him? The person who gives him the credit, the person who loves on him and brags on him. How do you think God feels about that person? What do you think God's going to do for that person next? Versus a person who is embarrassed to even say God did it. 
Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In every single thing that happens in your life, acknowledge him. That is a child of God. Another way that you can have a great relationship with God is to fear him. And this doesn't mean that you are petrified of him, you are scared of him. Yes, God is powerful. He is one to be feared. However, this fear is a fear of reverence. It's you saying that I love you so much, Lord, that I'm not going to do the things you don't want me to do. I respect you. I honor you and I love you. And I'm not going to continue down this road because I don't want to disappoint you. When you're making decisions throughout your day, one by one, you think about how God feels about this. You actually think about him and remember him. And you pray if you need more strength. And you ask for forgiveness if you mess up. Something the Holy Spirit will do when you have him in your life is he'll have conversations with you. So I know personally, let's say I go somewhere and I'm spending time with people. I'm having a great time. We're talking, we're laughing. When I leave that place and I get into my car, the Holy Spirit starts going, "Mm, mm, mm. Michelle, 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 what did I tell you about talking about that girl? Didn't I tell you that you need to stop talking about her? It's over. And you're like, dang, I knew it. I messed up. I knew it. I should not be talking about that girl. I already forgave her. Why am I bringing her up? The Holy Spirit is so beautiful and so gentle and so loving. He is not going to make you feel terrible, but he's going to bring it to your attention. And that's when you say, Lord, you're right. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for that. I'm going to stop. And that is a beautiful, fearful relationship with him where you're not boldly disobeying him. You're not disregarding the things that he is bringing to your attention. You're actually grateful for that. And you're grateful that he loves you enough to correct you so that you can be better and better each time. Because there will be many times where he'll say, Michelle, you did an amazing job. I love how you handled that. You could have went back and forth, but you didn't. That was smooth. You're growing. That's such a beautiful feeling. And having that communion, having that fear of God, and knowing that you are not going to return to the things that you used to do is powerful. One thing that I remember in scripture is that God links that to a dog returning to his own vomit. Like when you change your life and you decide you're going to stop doing something and you work with God to overcome whatever stronghold is causing you to do that, and then you decide on your own that you want to go back to that lifestyle, it's like a dog returning to its own vomit. That is how disgusting it is. So when you fear God, you do things not because you feel like it. You're not always going to feel like it. You're human still. You're going to want to do those things sometimes. The devil's going to try you. He is not going to leave you alone just because you are born again, just because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The devil is still going to try you. He knows it's not going to work because you have power over him, but he'll still try. He will still try. And when he does try, you will resist him and he will go away. That is how you get rid of the enemy and you go the opposite way and he will leave you alone for a little bit. So you're making a choice, honey, to do things the right way, do things God's way because you love God so much. You want to see him smile 
And you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You don't belong here anymore. You don't do these peasant things. You are an ambassador of God. And when he asks you to do something, you don't delay. Because when you delay, that's the same as being disobedient. Slow obedience is disobedience. When he asks you to do something, you say, yes, sir, and you do it. He is your king and you are his beautiful princess. Before going into the final way for you to have a relationship with God, I want to make sure that you share this podcast with anyone who you think would benefit from it. This is something that so many of us need, just like this rejuvenation of getting back into a relationship with God. So make sure to download it, share it, save it, and listen to it as often as you need to. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if you don't have the faith now, the more you hear the word of God, the stronger it's going to get. Number seven, the final step in terms of building a relationship with God is fasting and praying. When you fast, you are submitting yourself to God. You are humbling yourself, giving up something that you really enjoy to be able to have breakthrough and to fellowship with God. So typically when it comes to fasting, we do give up food. And instead of eating food, you are eating the word of God. You are praying and reading your Bible. You are spending time with him and having him fill up that time you'd be spending cooking and eating and thinking about food. So you can give up food for four hours a day or six hours a day once a week. You can pick one day during the week and every week during that day, you fast. You can fast about something very specific. Maybe you want to overcome something. Maybe you have something coming up in your life and you want to pray and fast about that. But it doesn't always have to be food, especially if you have a health condition where you cannot skip meals and you cannot do that. You can fast with other things, whatever you enjoy doing. So it could be not eating sweets that day. It could be not watching television or not going on social media. Whatever it is, something that you normally enjoy that takes up some of your time. And instead, you are spending time with God. When you are fasting, regardless of what you are fasting from, you are not spending time doing things that are pleasing to yourself. So you wouldn't be watching television anyway, or going on social media, or spending a bunch of time on the phone chatting with people. You are choosing to give up pleasures and humbling yourself to spend time in the presence of God. When you fast, you break spiritual bonds. There are things that are going on all around you that you cannot see because this is a spiritual world. We are spirits, but we live in a body. But there are other spirits all around us that do not live in bodies, but they're impacting every bit of your day. A lot of those spirits are trying to stop the things that you're praying for from ever coming true. A lot of those spirits are hindering you from becoming the woman God has called you to be. And when you fast, you're able to break those spiritual bonds. You're able to have success over the things that you've been praying for. So it kills your flesh and it makes you dependent on God to sustain you. And when you're fasting and you're in the spirit and you're in the presence of God, you won't even be hungry. Now, of course, as you start, you will definitely get hungry because it's a new thing for yourself and it's a mental shift and a spiritual shift. But as you do it more and more, you will really start to enjoy it, especially if you do it consecutively. 
Like if you say, I want to do a seven day fast or a 21 day fast where every day for eight hours, I'm not eating. Those intense fasts are absolutely divine. You will be lifted from so many things, even things you are not praying for. The Lord will lift off of your life. You get to clear the pathway into God's presence and it's a lot easier to experience him. You don't feel like you're far away from God. So for those of you who are feeling like, wow, I've just been so separated from God. I really want to get back on the right track. I used to be so close to God. Try doing a fast, do a seven day fast and commit yourself to it. It doesn't matter how long you do it. You can do it for one meal. Okay, it's not about that. It's about your heart. It's about where your mind and your heart is. And one of the greatest things about fasting is that you do get major blessings and breakthroughs. Things that you could have never expected, you get breakthroughs. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, self-esteem issues, fear, health issues, overeating, all the areas the enemy will try to attack, you can get breakthrough with fasting and praying. And if you're having a tough time making a decision or you know that there's something going on in your life that you can't figure out, maybe you have friends in your life and you're not sure if they're really for you, if you're suspecting your husband's cheating or there's something weird going on with him but you don't know what it is, if you're trying to find the right way to connect with your child, but they don't seem to be getting along with you, they don't seem to like you or respect you, these are things that you need God's divine leadership, divine power for. And fasting and praying is the most effective way to hear straight from God for all of those pathways to be opened up for you to be able to get the answer to your prayers. Expect the prayers to be answered, look out for the answer, and don't stop until you receive it. Now, for any of you ladies who have listened to this podcast and you believe that you want to have a relationship with God again, you know that you are God's daughter, but for some reason, you never quite knew him. You never really gave God your everything. You don't know Jesus, or maybe you do, and you've just strayed so far away and you're ready to come home. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Go ahead and close your eyes and remember that you're not praying this prayer to me. You're praying it unto the Lord with all of your heart as his child, giving your life over to him to receive the benefits of being in the kingdom of God. Close your eyes and agree. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my life and into my heart. I want to trust you. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Congratulations. You are now in the kingdom of God if you've prayed this prayer. 
And I pray that the Lord shines on you, that he fills you with his Holy Spirit, that he allows you to be able to see all of the benefits of the kingdom of God, and that from now on and forever, you will be connected to him, have all power and all authority under Jesus Christ. I'm so excited for you, and I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I know it's something that so many of you wanted more clarity on, and I'm really hoping that I was able to answer questions and empower you to be the woman that God has called you to be. You can have every single thing that your heart desires, all the things that you're struggling with, every problem that you have, God knows about. He loves you so much, and he is concerned about everything that concerns you. So I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to this and that you sincerely do want to seek a relationship with God. He has been waiting and he wants you to finally come home. So honey, come home. I love you all so much and I will link lots of resources in the information box below. Please visit my YouTube channel where I have a video on this very topic and I will link it below so you can watch it. My channel name is Dr. Michelle Daff, and you can also visit me on my Instagram page at A Feminine Impression and leave some feedback about what you thought about this podcast. Leave any questions that you have for me and any upcoming podcasts that you want me to cover. Let me know. I love hearing from you. I hope that each and every one of you has a beautiful and blessed day. And remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Until next time, my loves, this is your host, Dr. Da. Bye.